BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. I'm so thrilled that you're tuning in today. And before I bring in um, my guest, Rosebud Baker, I just wanted to give a little heads up preface for this episode. This has grown adult woman shit. Um, We're really going to get in depth about some some heavy stuff and some real stuff and funny stuff. I'm talking to Rosebud Baker, who's one of my favorite comics right now. She's so incredibly funny. But, you know, we're dark comics. And when we get together, things get interesting interesting and gritty. And so if for any reason that you would ever have your children tune in, that's an absolutely not for this episode. Also, I feel like in general, if your kids follow me, I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Like for the most part, I'm, I can be pretty commercial, but this is just, um, a fair warning. This is a warning for my mom. Mom, we're talking about some real stuff. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) watch out. Um, but I, I'm, I'm thrilled to have these honest conversations. When I first started this podcast, I spoke to, you know, my producers and I said, listen, I want to be able to not be filtered. And I want to have on people that I admire in the industry and, and, and we're going to have some real genuine conversations. So the fact that I'm able to say what I want and have an honest conversation with another comic who I just find, I just think she's doing the Lord's work truly. But, you know, we we get dark and that's what happens when comics get together. We talk about heavy shit, but in a funny and enlightening way. And we're just trying to figure shit out and work through things. So my absolutely yes is for this episode of just honesty. Also, we don't get to the voicemails because there was just so much to unpeel and, and discuss with Rosebud, but I will be back on the voicemails next week. So don't worry, keep calling into the hotline and we will get to it. As always, I am thrilled to, and I'm just honored to have this woman in my studio. She's an incredible comic. She's been opening for people like Michael Che and Burt Kreischer and doing her own tour and just such a badass. And I met her at an audition and I'm so thrilled to have her here. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the studio, Rosebud Baker. Let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. We met at an audition mm-hmm. and I, I felt like I just connected to you immediately because yeah. you're just, you know, salt of the earth kind of people. Yeah. But you and she's adorable, just so you know. Thank you. You're in the cutest floral dress, which I'm really trying to like, I mean, I'm in sweats right now, but I'm really trying to tap into this like feminine prowess that I feel like, yeah, you know, I want to wear more flowery dresses. I'm trying to, I'm really, it's a transition. Right. Yeah. Where are you from originally? I'm from DC originally. That's right. 
like outside DC when I say that. Whenever somebody says they're from DC, they mean outside of DC. Right. Um, right. So you're not from the White House? No, I'm not. Wow. I actually am not from the Oval Office, <laughs> uh, unless you call my mom's pussy the Oval Office. Oh, shit. Uh, and then, <laughs> that was fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I hate myself. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's so silly. Um, and then I moved to Boston. I went to school in Boston. Well, all of this makes sense now. Yeah. Because you're like so cute. Who do you get told you look like all the time? Um, I get a lot of different. So I get young Jodie Foster. I get Jane Curtin a lot, which I think is the most accurate. Jane yeah, Curtin I see that. from SNL in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, I love her. And then I get, uh, I get Nicole Kidman sometimes, but I'm like, yeah. I, I don't see that so much. I mean, I have a big forehead. But no, but you have like really sharp, petite, beautiful features. God bless. I mean, I get Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Or alive. I literally. Dead animal. They say dead? Yeah. They, they specify dead? Oh, I used to go to this gym and this old guy, <laughs> Moses, would come in and every single day he would scream, Anna Nicole. And I finally was like, she's fucking dead. You have to quit saying this. She's fucking glamorous though. She, I hope it's guest model Anna Nicole and not like trim spa. Obviously. Angel dust Anna Nicole. You're definitely not angel dust Anna. But I don't know. It's just, right. here's the thing. All I said was, that's fine. People can call me Anna Nicole all day long, but if they don't hire me as when they do her, like, you know, life yeah. story, if I'm not the star of that movie and don't get nominated for an Oscar, I'll burn oh. the fucking city down. Yeah. It's just, it's hard being back in the city. And, but you know, we met in an audition and then I literally asked you, I was like, Hey, where do you live in the city? And then I realized that we were a block away. Right. So whether or not you want to be my friend, I'm just going to show I up. I definitely <laughs> want to be your friend. I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, we have to be right because she's close. <laughs> Right. I was it's like, just proximity. Yeah, proximity and wise. And it's all about convenience. Yes. You know what I mean? That, that is one thing that like New York has in common with LA is like you hang out with people in your fucking neighborhood. Oh, I have friends that live in Hoboken. I'm like, I'm sorry. What, too far. What like, time just, is it where you are? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> like what, what language do they speak? Right. Where are you? I don't know. If I come over, let me find my passport first. Thank you. Because I'm not getting there. But like Heather, it's a, it's a hop, skip and a jump on the path. I said- no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's too fucking far. No. I'll go to Brooklyn because we live on the east side. Yeah. But I'm not going to Jersey. Right. Absolutely. Brooklyn not. is great. I can do Brooklyn. I can. We almost looked at moving to Brooklyn because um, Jeff, he has a development over there, but it's it's more expensive to live in Brooklyn than it is in Manhattan. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not playing these foolish games. Wait, does Jeff, so Jeff is in what? Construction? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, so he's a criminal. He's a criminal. He's in the mafia. No, he is a, <laughs> he's going to listen to this and kill me. He is a, uh, construction consultant. Or okay. He basically wears a hard hat. He specializes in site safety. He's in the union. No, he's not in the union. Okay. No, no, no. He's a, cause he's does his own thing. Oh, okay. He's a boss. He wears a hard hat and steel toed boots, but he basically goes, he's like a project manager. Are all of his friends married? Oh, yes. Fuck. Oh, if you're, oh, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I found the good one. They're all kind of like Goomba, like Italians. Okay. Like, no, no, no. I'll find you. I'm a great matchmaker, actually. Yeah. Though. Stick with me. I swear to God, it's like the Jewish old lady inside of me. Nothing makes me happier than finding people love. Okay. I really- What's your type? I like black guys. Um, black guys love me. So when they hit on me, then I'll pivot them towards you. Yeah. And not in a fetishizing <laughs> way, not in like that right. way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but that is aesthetically, I like, I like black guys and I like, um, I like- uh, this is, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I like white guys from Boston. That's okay. Listen, I do, I'm not proud. 
I, they're, there's something so sexy about a guy who's like slightly verbally abusive. They're so trashy. Yeah. Dude, did I tell you about what happened to me in Boston? Mm-mm. About the guy that walked up and was like, are you Slavic? And I was like, no. But then, I could be. And then, I, But I watched him decide to keep talking to me. And he goes, do you want to do a foursome with me and my brother and my brother's wife in the Dollar Tree parking lot? And I was like, yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the stand-up part of me was right. like, yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. I kind of do want to see where this goes. And I and he pointed to his brother and his brother's like missing a tooth. And I was like, why is your brother toothless? Right. And he's like, oh, that's from hockey. And I was like, I'm going to fuck all, I'm going to fuck your whole family. So that literally, th- those were my cousins. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's whole family's from Boston. I love it. And it's, my mom has two different types. She's, she's Boston Robin and Robin. Yeah. Like there are moments where shit comes out of her mouth where I'm 99% sure she used to rob banks in a previous life. Yes. Like even my dad would be like, what the fuck, Boston Robin? Like pump the brakes. (laughs) She's a hustler. She can like be very manipulative. It's just wild to see that part of her come out. Yeah. This like sweet 71 year old lady. Yeah. Um, No, there's something very hot about just like a douche. You know what I mean? Just like, I don't know why. I know. Because they're confident. And that's what black guys have in common. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, growing up, I never got hit on by like the white guy named Dylan. What what is he going to do? Come up to me and say like, you know, it's just- that was never it. But right. a black guy would actually come up to you and be like, girl, I want to tickle your toes and make you spaghetti. <laughs> you're like, and I you're don't like, know what that means, but that I'm very down. specific, but I love <laughs> Italian food and let's try it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Cause there's such a confidence about it. Yeah. I went on a date with a white guy for the first time in like five years. Uh, when I was in Boston, mm-hmm. I was on the road and he like stuck around until I was done. And then like I got this, I got this vibe and I was like, this guy wants to fuck me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, took me on a date and was like, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, I'm a woman in my thirties. Like the only way that you're going to fucking surprise me is with a weapon. Right. All right. That's, <laughs> there's no fucking surprises here. And I, and so I went with him on this motorcycle. I'm also into motorcycles. I, I love a Harley. I don't like the fucking bikes that look like the Power Ranger bikes. Like, like a Ducati. I hate a Ducati. No, you want a low rider. I want a low rider. I want to fucking- You want to be an all leather. Yes. Uh, going up the PCH. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually would rather be in a sundress because it's less, I don't want to be that woman. You know right. what I mean? But like, I want to be with that guy. Anyway, so I'm, so I was like, we're driving in Boston. We're driving like way outside of Boston. And he like stops at some supermarket and like goes in and he's like, I have a surprise for you. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'll be right back. I was like, he's I'm nervous. He's, I, yeah, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to yeah. die tonight. But I also, such a white girl, I was like, I might die tonight, but I don't want to be rude. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to. me. That's us. We're Pisces. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to offend this guy, but I for sure like am going to about to get murdered. Yeah. I like, I turned to this girl in the parking lot. I was like, look, I don't know this guy. If, if if my face shows up in mm-hmm. the fucking paper tomorrow, I just want you to make sure you know his face and get right. this down because it was him. Right. And I was like, let me just take care of things for my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like making arrangements in the parking lot. Making, make the breadcrumb trail real easy for them. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then we get there. We're, it's a beach. I'm like, we're going into the woods and then we're going to, to a beach outside of Boston. He takes out this brown paper bag and I was Which like, is the weapon. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. This is it. Right. I was like, this is fucking Ted. What's his face? What's the guy? The, that, Ted Bundy. Yeah. I was like, this is right. Ted Bundy. I was like, this is like hot Ted Bundy. He fucking un- unrolls the bag and brings out s'mores. And I was like, 
Oh my God. I would rather it be a weapon. Actually rather it be a, like a machete. Yeah. I was like, this is now this I is just it? feel like a pedophile. <laughs> Like, I feel like a pedophile all the time simply because I feel like I don't know people's ages. You know, yeah. I'm like, you're 37, right? And they're like, no, I'm 11. And yeah, this and is my like, son. Like, oh my. And I'm like, oh my God. And then like with I'm babies. I'm 11 and this is my son. Yeah, I'm like, what? And then with like babies, I think that they're like older than they are because yeah. I don't know children's ages. Yeah. So I'm always like, oh, is your child seven? And they're like, this is a two month old. I just, <laughs> I have no gauge. <laughs> I have no gauge of age on children. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's your child. I'm like, why isn't your is kid your child child seven? <laughs> no, this is a two month old. Um, he barely has hands that work. And when, you're when like, kids can't communicate. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're a newborn. They're like, no, actually kids don't, you know, sometimes don't speak to like a year. Right. Like my, all my friends have about year olds and I just don't get it. I'm like, why isn't, why isn't your kid speaking? Why? Why can't we have a full conversation to like talk shit about you? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, you need to be communicating. Well, this is the thing is that we live in like an ageless kind of industry. Right. And I think we just lose track. But I always play people who are 10 years older than me. That's yeah. why I started, people are like, how did you get into comedy? I'm like, well, I was always, always did comedy, but then I got sick and tired of going on auditions where I would play the tired mother of four right. and I was 25 years old. Yeah, dude. I've always had an old diner waitress energy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, people will hear my voice and they don't expect to see what cute, my little face blonde looks girl. like. Yeah. And I get on stage and the same, I fight the same fucking thing. I get on stage and people are like, this bitch isn't going to be funny. Right. And then I, and I open my mouth and they're like, oh, she was probably molested. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, like, and then they like, trust me. Right. For some reason, because they're like, she's unhappy. She's probably funny. Right. Um, and I, I don't know what that is. I, it's a weird thing. Because women, I think in comedy, it's it's a weird thing to be, I don't know. It's like you can't be hot and happy and funny. You cannot. You you have to be like, you have to be not hot, happy and funny, or you can be hot, unhappy and funny, but you can't be all three of those things. It was And so I think men deal with the same thing, to be honest. In I think, comedy? Yes. If you're like a hot guy- and you can't be happy if and funny. If you're physically handicapped, you're thriving. Oh, for sure. No you know hands? I mean? No hands? <laughs> no you, hands to hold the mic? You you're gonna fucking kill. Netflix special, <laughs> first time you get up. Yeah. I know a lot of you have been trying clean skincare products, but what about clean hair care brands? Yes, it is just as important what you're putting on your head, in your scalp, and the way your body absorbs it than what you're putting on your face and the rest of your body. I want to introduce you to my all-time favorite hair care brand, Playa. You know I started using them, and then they reached out to me, and it was just like a match made in heaven. I put so much heat and product on my hair, and the fact that I found Playa and use their everyday shampoo and their supernatural conditioner, my hair has truly never felt as great or looked better. I want you to think of their products as like no makeup makeup for your hair. All the products are filled with naturally derived, powerful ingredients and free of things that you hate like SLLs and, and parabens and other filler ingredients that can damage your hair. When I am on tour, I am curling my hair every day. There's so much hairspray in it. It's unbelievable. I need to use a product when I wash it that's literally not going to strip my hair that has clean ingredients and that is Playa. The products work 
for all hair types. They're cruelty-free, eco-friendly, and they're offering everyone who loves my podcast 20% off with the code ABSOLUTELY. If you head over to www.playabeauty.com, fall in love with my favorite hair care products. Trust me, your hair will look, feel, and smell amazing. Again, that's 20% off with my code ABSOLUTELY. I truly stand behind this product. And ladies, just put on that playa and you will look like you just came from the beach. Yes, come through. Again, it's code absolutely for 20% off at playabeauty.com. Now back to the podcast. Okay, also, this is such like first world problems, but we're in the day and age right now. We are white blonde women. Nobody right. fucking wants us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met at this audition and we yeah. were the only two white blonde women the last day we auditioned. And we were like, oh, we basically have to duke it out because there's no fucking way they're going to put two white blonde women. Right, right, right. And literally, I mean, yeah, it got to the point where I, I'm just not going to book <laughs> shows because they're, and I've been like in the business for like 12 years, but they're like, hey, guess what? Yeah. We know you didn't make it then, but you're definitely not going to make it now because no one wants <laughs> right. you. <laughs> because guess what? You guys are played out. And you know what? I fucking knew this shit was coming yeah. because we white women were getting so fucking uh, like uh, just bitchy about how like we got it so hard and blah, blah. Right, and I was right. like, I was like, I don't know, bitches. I really feel like this is going to backfire. You know, this is a thing. I was laughing my fucking ass off yesterday thinking about what if conservatives talked like liberals. Right. Like, what if conservatives were like, yeah, you know, I hate the gays. Do I hate them enough? Probably not. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, could I send my toddler to school with a gun that weighs more than them? Right. Yes, I can. <laughs> and if I don't, I'm part of the problem. Like, right. it's like we like liberals are we're fucked because mm -hmm. the, because of the way that we. Uh, talk to one another. Right. And you don't see conservatives doing that. And I was just like laughing because I was like, it's so ridiculous the way that we uh, pit ourselves against each other. Oh, it's insane. And it's a, it's like a fervor and a, like a weird witch hunt uh, kind of mentality that I'm just like, it almost feels like, well, it's like cancel culture. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm involved in anymore. And I can't really identify as liberal anymore, even though I always have. Well, and also like, you can't even, you can't even go by, you know, a seltzer water without somebody saying, you know, one of the guys on the, the board of that company like yeah. doesn't like Catholics. And you're like, what the fuck? How does anybody even know this information? Right. Like, am I not getting these emails and these memos yeah. of like who, how awful everyone is? Yeah. Do I, am I too trusting of people? And, and why can I not listen to fucking, you know, like, okay, I've been with a guy that hit me. Why can't I listen to Chris Brown? The, right. gay, the gays can fucking <laughs> eat Chick-fil-A. Right. Why can't oh, I listen to oh, Chris honey, Brown? my gay friends, because they're all like in Atlanta, they're like, we will always eat Chick-fil-A. And Drew Cathy, yeah. who was the bad guy, he died. Yeah. You know, he died. He right. moved on. He's gone. He's gone. So pour me up some Polynesian sauce and some nuggies. Right. You know, <laughs> some nuggies. Here's the thing, though. OK, nuggies. as comics, we walk around, though, and this is our job. Like people yeah. are always like, oh, how did you get away with saying that? It's like my job is to go out into the world, observe things, then to peel back the layers and figure out what is fucked up with the situation. Right. right? Yeah. So, on both sides. On both sides. So this is our actual job. Yeah. So when we say these things, like I go to Chick-fil-A all the time. and It's like you can't go there. I'm like, I'm here with three gay gentlemen. Right. If I want to eat fucking Chick-fil-A. I'm going to do it. Gonna we do have it. to quit walking around so upset, so offended, so bothered. Yeah. It's like, if you let this shit bother you all the time, you will not be able to leave your fucking house. I know. And I say it to audiences too. Like I was, I was in a, I was doing a show, I think it was like two weeks ago. And a lot of my shit is dark. You know what right. I mean? 
And I was like, I was not doing well. All right. It was a, it was a rough set. And rough I was set. like, and I was like, and I started, oh, it was at the fucking Soho house. And oh, which listen, I don't even want to know what comedy at the Soho house people, is like. They don't need to laugh. They've right. got, they've, everything's taken care of. They don't need right. to laugh. And I literally screamed at them. I remember saying to them, in order for this to be a good show, each one of you has to lose a beloved family member. <laughs> Like that is what would need to right. happen because if you're getting offended at a show, you got to fucking get some meaning in your life. Right. Like you, I don't understand people who go to comedy shows not to giggle. Yeah. Well, why they're are bad people. Well, there are bad people. They're just but like, bad why people. are you there? I don't know. I think it's, I, I, maybe the night just went wrong. Sometimes I'm like, maybe your night just didn't go as planned. And right. this they is, just that's got, how you found out they're getting here. audited. Yeah. That's the only reason why if I was at a comedy show, I would really get aggressive is I just found out like the IRS is up my ass. Right. Not really if I lost a family member. I've done that, been there, done that. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. But like audits, you can't control. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where you're really just bend over and take it because, you know, it's the IRS. It's the IRS. And <laughs> it's the IRS. Enough said. That's it. That's, that's all you it. that's all you gotta say. Yeah, the Aziz thing was really hard for me. My thing is just when I talk to other women and if they're not like you have to find some fucking balance, right? right? Yeah, that whole article. Yeah. Truly, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. I can't. What's the vibe? Cause you're like in the stand-up scene, you're hitting clubs, you know all these guys. Yeah. What's the vibe? It's just as fucking divided. Right. It's just as divided as it is out there. How do you feel about Louis C.K.? Did it change the dynamics within the stand-up world? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I was outside of the cellar last night and some comic like noticed my tattoo and almost touched it. And he's like, oh, I sorry. I didn't want to, I didn't want to touch you. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for not touching me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and it was like a silent, I didn't say it to him, but I was like, oh, that wouldn't have happened if Louis hadn't jerked off. <laughs> You know what I mean? So listen, it's a circle of life. And I, do I think that Louis should not be able to do stand-up anymore? Absolutely not. Right. I do think that he should be able to do stand-up in clubs. I don't, I I truly. Now R. Kelly, maybe not. You know, maybe R. Kelly shouldn't. You know, R. Kelly's like, yeah. Do his, um, his razzmatazz on stage anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I do. And I, and I know that that's like a fucking, some people will give me shit for that. And I'm like, I, I get it. I understand both. I understand your perspective, like why he shouldn't be allowed to. I get, I understand that perspective, but my feeling is that the, the culture has shifted Mm -hmm. that he put out an apology about that, that no one would accept because we were so hyped on being angry. And when I read that apology, he I know that people were like focusing on how he would talk up, how he talked about his credits or something in there. But what I remember from that apology was him being like, I realize now why that wasn't asking, why I wasn't asking. Right. And that's the important thing is that he realized why him asking isn't really asking because he's in a position of power. And so it's different. The power dynamics between men and women. And that was really the key. And I'm like, if he understands that, then 
we've solved the issue issue here. Yeah. I'm like, we've gotten to the bottom of it here. It's really hard because yeah, there's a lot of fucked up things that people do, but I'm like, if we can't learn something from this and rehabilitate someone or have an open, honest conversation, cancel culture is my absolutely not like, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay, great. So R. Kelly fucking creep, all of these things. Yeah. I mean, actually he's probably the only person I'd cancel. He also Listen, just sweats a lot. You know what I mean? He does sweat a lot. He sweats a lot. Yeah. But this cancel culture where like right off the bat, we can't even have a conversation about things. Like, let's get the facts out. Yeah. Also, my sister's a criminal defense attorney. So I'm very much so like innocent until proven guilty. Right. Simply because that's how my mind works. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people, you know, everyone's quick to be like, oh, you're a fucking terrible person. Well, let's get the actual facts out. Yeah. And then we can call you a terrible person. Yeah. And I didn't, I haven't seen the documentary for R. Kelly. Yeah, I will say the R. Kelly shit is fucking wild. I, I have haven't seen it, but I did hear. But it's more like a brainwashing. He very much so, it was almost like um, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. It, it was a cult. It's yeah. basically how I would describe it. Right. That's fucked. He was holding people against their will, but a lot of the situations were parents like willingly giving their children to R. Kelly because he promised he'd make them a star. Right. So it's kind of two sides of the coin. I mean, this guy's a fucking monster, but also- I watched it with my mouth agape thinking, how the fuck were these parents as ignorant too? Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, it's crazy. I, you know, it's, it's so, um, every time I think about him, I think about Ignition and I haven't, Great song. I haven't seen the fucking documentary. <laughs> and so every time Ignition, every time Ignition comes on, which by the way, at every fucking stand up comedians party, yeah, somebody thinks it's fucking hilarious right. to go put Ignition on in the middle of like a karaoke thing or like whatever. And we're all just like, Jesus Christ. Like right. it, somebody did it literally the weekend that it was, we were at the seller holiday party and somebody put on ignition at the seller holiday party because they thought it was fucking hysterical. And everybody was just like, it literally just came out. <laughs> like, come on. But that's how comics work. Like yeah. we're, I mean, when I started making jokes about like the darkest shit. Yeah. It brings me so much joy. Yeah. You have to do that. Yeah. And I think mainstream, they don't really understand that. They're like, how are you talking about this? You're like, because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Charlie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cancel culture thing. I, you know what? I totally agree that that is my absolutely not. Like I'm not, I'm not for it. I'm not for people having no chance at rehabilitating or changing right. or transforming. It's like when this shit happens to you, people don't think about what it would be like right. to have the whole fucking world turn on you like that. Right. To go from, and that's the fucked up part about trying to like this industry, we try to get famous. We try to like, we put up, we're constantly putting out content. We're constantly working. We're constantly like, and it's all for these fans that are asking for it. Right. That are literally saying like, we love you. We want more. So you keep working so hard to like make them happy. And then all of a sudden it's like one day they just go, yeah, you suck now. And it's like, what? Come again? You wanted me to mm-hmm. do this. Right. And why now? You know what I mean? And it's like- Because I made one joke about casinos right. that you're offended by. Right. You know? right. Yeah. Right. And I just go, well, why? What? It's like you make artists shut the fuck down mm-hmm. when you turn on them like that. I farted again on your couch. It's okay. Live your truth. But you know what? I'm not going to be canceled here. So <laughs> it's whatever. I'll just send you the dry cleaning bill for this uber expensive linen couch. For sure. Because just I make sure shit if, on as it As long now. as you didn't shit shit, you're fine. 
All right, my little babies, I interrupt the podcast because I got a question. Do you get hangovers? I sure as hell do. You know what? I found a product called DHM Detox, which is my go-to drinking buddy. It's basically a vitamin for people who drink. Most people don't really know that hangovers are caused by the toxic byproduct of alcohol that builds up while you're drinking called acetaldehyde. Yes, it's a mouthful. But basically what DHM Detox does is it uses science to help break down that poison while you're drinking so it doesn't build up in your system so you don't feel awful the next day. It's no more brain fog, nausea, headache, or anxiety, you know, those like Sunday scaries. No, no, no. You just take two capsules after your first couple of drinks and it goes to work by breaking down toxins and providing liver support. You and I both know I'm a little angel, fragile baby bird. I could have two glasses of Chardonnay and I already feel like shit the next day. So the coolest thing is, is if you double up and take another packet, if you're having a big night out, it's just a blend of herbal ingredients and vitamins that are optimized to fight off the negative effects of drinking. So literally you can wake up refreshed and not feel like you got hit by a ton of bricks. The ingredients are DHM, a natural extract used in Asia for centuries to prevent hangovers, which comes from Japanese raisin trees. I know this is wild. They're also known as the tree of the gods for all of its great properties. The product also contains things like milk thistle, which is a natural filter for your body. It has prickly pear, NAC, B-complex, and of course, electrolytes. The convenient packets are easy to take with you anywhere, and you can take them with you in your pocket or purse or even toss them in your bag when you're traveling. Truly, I have had to learn in order for me to be a responsible adult, I A, need to drink responsibly and B, when I do go out, I need to make sure that I can recover the next day because nothing feels worse than a wasted day. Listen, don't forget to drink some water and get some sleep for optimal results, but is your next day worth it? Because DHM Detox has a risk-free purchase. So if you don't feel better after taking the product, they'll give you your money back. This is a no-brainer. Listeners get 20% off their first order. Just head over to dhmdetox.com and use promo code absolutely at checkout. That's dhmdetox.com. D-H-M-D-E-T-O-X.com. Also, there's free shipping if you buy more than a couple boxes. And if you have any questions, just send a message to at DHMDetox on Instagram. Again, use the code absolutely at checkout for 20% off. And now back to the podcast. But honestly, I feel like I'm 32 this year. I'm always like, just and not even like a shirt joke. Like I'm literally just always yeah. close to shitting my pants. Yeah. I'm on a lot of supplements. I think it's because my supplement game is just really strong. Yeah. You know? What supplements? Oh, I take ashwagandha. Okay. CBD on the reg because I, I never had anxiety and now my anxiety is through the fucking roof. Oh, absolutely. I sweat through my shirts at meetings. Yeah. I kind of black out. I've been doing this thing where, and I, I've had to quit doing cold brew. I can do an espresso, mm-hmm. real Italian espresso because you know it has less caffeine than a regular cup of yep. American coffee. Yep. Um, so I need things to like mellow me the fuck out. Ashwagandha, yeah. CBD. I take like adaptogen. Yeah. Like mushroom teas. That's great. What else am I on? Cognifaz, which is this thing to help me with brain fog because I have such severe brain fog these days. It's like, I can't form a sentence. Yeah. It's not dementia. Cognifaz? Cognifaz is, it's actually like a, a it's like a medical thing. <laughs> okay. That's like it's a It's the real- name of the supplement, but I think it's, um, I think it's holistic. I think I'm going to vape so much. I'm going to give myself a stroke. My, that's what my sister's doing. Yeah. She'll listen to this. She's vaping hard. Do you feel, were you a smoker before? I was a smoker for five years. I quit for three. Then I went on a cross country road trip, started vaping, have not stopped since right. I started stand up. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's, bad. it's a I, lifestyle. I did it in the plaza yesterday. I mean, you saw the fucking photos. But, and I love that. A girl in a f- dress with daisies on it, <laughs> vaping, having high tea. How was the high tea? I love high tea. I love it. I feel like I would thrive living in, you know, England. Let me tell you something. You and I have to go. We should go. Because it's so fun to be at high tea and be like, the service here is garbage. <laughs> Like it's yeah. like the plaza is so laid back because all of their needs are met. So you can just be like a bitchy rich person there. And you can just be like, I can't, this is taking so long. Me and my friend Lindsay literally stole food off of other people's tables that they left while we were waiting for our food. That is my mom's number one thing she has every time we go to a restaurant. She's like, Heather, imagine if we had a prank show. Let's just go up. I dare you go up to somebody's table and just say, can I have a bite of that? I'm like, I don't know why you're still running this bit, mom. I We're fucking, not doing it. I fucking love it. Yeah. I literally, we should do it and film it for your mom. But just, and just be like, mom, we did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. And no one laughed. She's gonna, <laughs> she, you're gonna be like, here's, here's the bit that you want me to do right. so badly. I want my parents to see that so bad. Yeah. My dad was like, you know what you got to do? He's like, you got to do more accents. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why do I need to do accents, dad? He's like, because I saw Richard Pryor when I was in, when in the 70s, I saw Richard Pryor. Right. And he was doing so accents. funny. <laughs> he came out before the Rolling Stones and he's, he was just so funny. He was saying N-word this and N-word that. Anyways, he's just hysterical. I was like, what does the N-word have to do with me doing, doing accents. accents? And he's like, I'm just saying you should do more of them. <laughs> I was like, okay. My uh, dad used to sit me down. He'd be like, he's like, Heather, you need to have a tight five. You need to have a tight seven. Tight ten. And then my dad would email me jokes that he heard in the locker room yeah. at his country club in the <laughs> men's golf locker. And I'm like, dad, these are someone else's jokes. Like one yeah. of your golf buddies heard this from a Richard Pryor. Yeah. I can't use the jokes. Yeah, he's like, well, it killed at Bohemian Grove. <laughs> exactly. So oh, literally. Oh, are you into conspiracy theories? I am into conspiracy theories. Oh, and my, my God, dad yes. is a member at Bohemian Grove. <gasps> is he a Mason? I don't fucking know. I don't know. My dad's side of the mean? family. How is he a member of Bohemian Grove? Let me explain something yeah. to you. Okay, my grandfather and my father's side of the family is like Illuminati shit. Like my grandfather worked as uh, Secretary of State under George Bush Sr. Okay. He was fucking chief of staff <gasps> under, yeah, under Reagan and and uh, George Bush Sr. He's a fucking, he's in the Illuminati. And then my mom's side is like, my mom's like a painter from, right. she lives in Maine now. My parents are divorced. I fully don't communicate with my dad. Okay. Um, we go through periods of time where we do. And then something happens where I'm like, okay, well now I can't talk to you because you hurt my feelings and right. I, I respect myself and I can't talk to you until you apologize. So it's like, this is like, it's a weird thing. Like I, I as much as I'm like, I come from that background, I've completely, I now live in this world of monsters that perform in basements. Right. And, uh, and I, I haven't asked my dad for money in 15 years. Where so. is he based now? He's in D.C. D.C. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Because he's running the Illuminati. <laughs> okay. I'm so into this kind of shit. Yeah. If you don't know what Bohemian Grove is too, it's basically like, it's it's a, it's a like weekend event, if you will. It's, it's Coachella. All it's all men's retreat. It's an all men's country club. Yes. Women are not allowed there. Oh, so I thought it was just like a weekend retreat that they did once a year. No, it's a, it's a they good do old boys have, club. They do have retreats. 
where sometimes they're allowed to bring their wives. This is a major point of contention in my parents' marriage where my mom was like, I fucking hate this place. Right. And um, yeah. And, but it is a country club for men, the powerful men that have a lot of money and that, uh, just, I don't know. I saw a fucking, I, I've, I've researched it too. Cause I don't know much about it. And I just, all I hear about is like my dad's stories from like the golf course or whatever. And I saw this fucking thing where they were like lighting shit on fire and like putting it out in the, yeah, they do. It, Alex Jones went there or something. Oh, crazy info wars, Alex Jones. But here's the thing. Yeah. He's like in the woods. He's in a bush. Yeah. Okay. This is before Alex Jones. Like, well, I mean, he was always crazy, but then yeah. he, but he honestly, do I watch an Alex Jones video every now and then and go, I think there's something going on here. Dude, he's, I got to say, <laughs> he's, he's one, one of the funniest people I've ever, ever. seen. His interview with um, Joe Rogan was yeah. the best three and a half hours of my life. I, you so can, I was like, this is a gift that yes. keeps giving. Yes. Uh-huh. It was so funny. But him in the woods. Yeah. With like night vision goggles on. He's like, we're at Bohemian Grove. Yeah. And I'm going to figure out what the Illuminati is doing. And I'm like, they're up to something. Yeah. I mean, they were all in capes. I was Maybe like, that's what we do, Rosebud. Maybe we start like doing investigative journalism, but like conspiracy theory stuff because it's terrifying when Alex Jones does it. But I feel like we could get on the inner circle because we're like yes. approachable. Two blonde girls showing up in like cute little dresses being like, hey, like, what are you guys doing over here? Dude, we just show up and we're like, we're, we're the caterers. We're the caterers. Yeah. This is such a good idea. I love it. And we'll call it citizens arrests. Yes. Because it's just two gals and we're going out there solving crimes <laughs> and like figuring out what the Illuminati is up to it's next. vigilante justice. Thank you. Yeah. This is a really good idea. I honestly really fully am like in on this. Or if should you we start do our own like female Illuminati? Because it's only, well, no, there's, there's women in the Illuminati. We could start that. But like also that's a lot of responsibility and I don't like running things. I don't like running things either. Except for I, my own business. I wanted to be president of my sorority. Well, first of all, they wouldn't let me because I wasn't from Mississippi. It was a whole thing. Fucking horseshit. Yeah. And then on top of that, like I was just like, it's a lot of paperwork. I don't even know how to respond to emails in a timely fashion now. Like I my can't manager even get TSA pre-checked, bitch. I can't. Oh. I, I have to go to a fucking office for this. I'm not doing it. I'll oh, do no, that's worth it. I know. In fact, I will, I will drive you. I will personally like get a zip car and drive you to JFK so you can get your global entry TSA pre-check. Are you fucking serious? I swear to God, we'll make a trip of, out of it. We'll go somewhere cute for lunch in Queens. I feel like this is something that you're saying you're going to do. And then later swear you're going to gonna be like, absolutely not, no, we'll bitch. go. We'll go. You and I don't do anything before like 11 a.m. So if we can go like 11 a.m. Yeah. You get like a one o'clock appointment. We go for great Greek food. I know you don't like Greek men, but we'll go for great Greek food. Yeah, no. I love Greek food. In Queens. No, I'll take you out. Okay. I cannot travel with people who don't expedite their travel process. Listen, I did clear, which is, that's well, you something. Clear. I have clear, uh, but I definitely need to get pre-check. And I did make the appointment at one point and they were like, your appointment's today. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to a fucking office. Right. Um, but I do, I need to. And comics are so like snobby about it because it's like the one thing that they've gotten their shit together to do. To travel. Yeah. They're like, I went to the office. You can do it. I'm right. like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. But I, it's fair enough. Honestly, these are people that have like one set of sheets. So <laughs> I'm like, fair. You know what we were talking earlier about like being a woman, you can't be happy and funny and pretty. I remember when I first started doing comedy and I was at like UCB, I would show up with makeup on and hoops because that's just me. That's yeah. like my look. That's how I feel comfortable and confident. Yeah. And people were like, what the fuck? And then I tell them I was the only one in my class who didn't have a creative writing degree from Brown or right. Harvard or one of those. I'm like, like, where'd you go to school? University of Mississippi. They didn't know what the fuck to do with me. They're yeah. like, and what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm doing comedy just like you. Yeah. So suck my dick. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. Like they'll be just so, 
It's like, well, what went wrong? Right. You know? Nothing. I like, I like to laugh. How was your childhood? It's Pretty like, great. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, you're not funny. Right. And it's like. Because I have on lipstick. Yeah. And a little rouge. Right. It's like, go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. Also, why do you, it's like, I hate how comics like fetishize poverty. <laughs> yes. They I do. Like, you're so, ugh. Listen, I know I grew up privileged, right? Yeah. My parents loved each other. I had great upbringing. Yeah. Fun friends. For sure. You know, every family's got problems, but literally I'm like, truly feel beyond blessed. Yeah. But then my shit got rocked when I had to watch my dad die of cancer. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Like I get it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I know what, I know why they found me untrustworthy. Right. It's like, I get, you're a different person when you go through like, um, like I had a great fucking childhood. When I say great, I mean typical. I had a great right. typical privileged white kid childhood. Right. And then my parents got divorced. My little sister died all in the same year. And then I fucking became, an, I, I'm a fucking alcoholic. Now I'm like in recovery for uh, 11 years now. And and in, even in that time, I fucked up. I was in a fucking abusive relationship. A bunch of shit went wrong. And like- but I also look at myself now as, and I'm like, I'm way more well-adjusted now than I was then because right. it forced me to like address some shit, you know? 100%. Why well, we say like now my perspective is so, it's just different. Yeah. And like when I feel joy, it's so much richer. Yeah. And then when I feel lost, like I get it. I said, I, I feel like before my dad died, I was like, oh, okay, I'm living life. Life is great. But then when you go through something traumatic, you're like, oh, now I'm alive. Yeah. When the ground gets fucking taken out from under you. Yeah. The fucking ground. The you're, ground. You're just like, oh, okay. And I'm not a good person. People reach out to me all the time. Like, oh my, you know, one of my parents or somebody's going through cancer. And I'm like, I'm not the best person to talk to about it's going to be okay in that situation. Right. Because I'm like, well, they're going to die. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. which is fucked up because they, they probably won't. That's just my cross to bear. I was like, we didn't have a fucking fighting chance. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, well, you know, good luck. Yeah. Which I feel like an asshole. Well, it's also like, it's saying to somebody who lost someone, hey, this person, I might, I might lose this person. And you go, okay. Well, so now I have to comfort you. Right. When you haven't even experienced the loss yet. Right. You know what I mean? It would be one thing if they were reaching out going, hey, I really kind of understand more where you were coming from mm-hmm. because I'm going through something similar. You know what I mean? That's like a different way to approach somebody. Right. I Like people say to me all the time, and I don't, I the worst when it comes to sobriety shit, people reach out to me. I'm like, I am not going to fucking help you. <laughs> All right. I, I guess don't drink. I'm like, go to a fucking meeting. Right. Get your shit together. It's not, right. you're not my problem. Right. I can't stand alcoholics. They're the most selfish fucking people. And I was too. And I get it. So I know when they're fucking serious and when they're not. And they always fucking message me. They DM me late at night. They're like, I'm fucking drunk and I got to quit drinking. And I'm like, you're not my problem. Right. I'm like, lick my ass. I do, I'm like, wake up sober, go to a meeting then. I know you don't fucking mean it because you're drunk right now. And like, I, I'm just such tough. It's a tough thing. I can't deal. Well, my tough love, I'm, I, I totally hear you. Yeah. Like, my tough love with people 
Yeah. After my dad passed, I did lose some friends in the sense I was like, fucking deal with your shit. Yeah. Oh, you're anxious, Leslie. You have anxiety. Do you? Yeah. What's going on in your life? You know, I get it. If it's like a, like an actual mental health problem, I'm all about mental health, but I'm like, get the fuck over your problems and start living and be a normal human. Yes. Because people use mental, they use mental health as an excuse to not uh, live in, in a solution based. Yes way. Well, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. Why are you fucking anxious? I can't, I can't go to work. I'm depressed. I'm like, well, guess what? I know fucking so many people who are depressed, who are on meds, who go to therapy, who go to meetings, who stay sober. I'm like, you can fucking do it. Like you can do it. And it's like, they just want to stay. My first question is I'm like, are your parents alive? Did you anybody die? And they're like, no. And I'm like, get the fuck up <laughs> and go to work for your living parents. I'd love to have right. one of mine back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get it. I fucking get that. You know, I've been using Thrive Market and it is such a unique and easy way for me to get wonderful non-GMO, paleo, vegan, whatever kind of ingredients that I want that are clean sent directly to my door. That's right. I'm talking about Thrive Market. It's an online marketplace on a mission to take healthy living and easy, affordable groceries to the next level. That's right. All you do is you go on thrivemarket.com and you can shop for thousands of best-selling organic foods and natural products at, listen to this, 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Listen, they have higher standards than the other brands. If you shop at Thrive Market, it means you're supporting a select group of brands that make the world a better place. They're selling non-GMO food, snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, and kitchen staples, home goods, anything you can think of, they've got it. Shit for your kids, they've got it. It's all shipped directly to your door. And the coolest thing is, is their filter system. You go on the website, you type in, I want specifically like vegan coconut, it'll take you right there. Their website is so easy to navigate to, to just save time. You don't have to go to the store. You type in what you want. They filter through it. It is sent directly to your door. And guess what? Over 98% of their packaging is post-consumer recycled and filled with recycled paper, denim, or newspaper wraps instead of plastic bubbles. So guess what? It's 100% zero waste. I am so here for it. To get 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial, literally go on their website. You are already getting, like I told you, you're already getting 25 to 50% off the original retail price. So go to thrivemarket.com backslash absolutely not. And you'll get 25% off your first order plus a free 30 day trial. You are not going to want to miss this again. All you've got to do. That's right. is go to thrivemarket.com backslash absolutely not for 25% off your first order plus a free 30 day trial. Now back to the podcast. I had a friend at my dad's funeral. And I love her dearly, but mm. she, she was said to one of my other friends, is Heather mad at me? I feel like she's mad at me. Cause I like, didn't go up to her and like greet her or something. And my girlfriend was like, her dad's fucking dead. She's on a Xanax at his funeral about to give a eulogy. It has nothing to do with you. Oh, wow. That's the thing. And I realized I was like, she just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. People don't know how to deal with death. They have no idea if they haven't dealt with it before. It's weird. I don't even say to people when they're like, oh yeah, my dad died. I go. Or they're like, yeah, my mom died. I don't even say I'm so sorry because then they're in the position of being like, it's okay. Oh, I I say that fucking sucks. And I know like, yeah, I just go, oh my God, that fucking, that's brutal. Because I know 
that it's right. brutal. Right. And that's all you can say because there's not, it's, there's nothing else to say. Right. Death is like, it takes the fucking, it's makes you speechless. People ask me all the time, what should I say? My friend just lost someone. What should I say? It's like, go up to them. If they drink, bring a bottle of wine. Right. Say, this is fucking bullshit. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. That's yes, it. that's it. Acknowledge that it's some bullshit. Yeah. When people, one of my girlfriends who lost parents, she's like, this is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. And I was yeah. like, thank you. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Thank, that is exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Not, I'm so sorry. Yeah. The best was somebody came up to me at my dad's funeral and they're like, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to choke you out right oh, here. Oh my God. And then they asked me, wasn't your dad a smoker? And I was like, yeah, he smoked cigs every now and then. Didn't give him pancreatic cancer. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. Oh my God. And it's just like, it's so misguided. Like it's almost so like- So misguided. You feel bad for those people because they just don't get it. Like they don't know what they're fucking, they're trying, but they're just like really missing the fucking mark. Like- How old are you when your sister passed? Uh, 17. Okay. Fuck. Like a pivotal moment- yeah. In your life where you're like, oh, I'm just trying to actually even figure out how to be in a, like, I was like leaving adult. for college. Oh, fuck. It was at my graduation party, like a graduation party for my friend that was graduating with me. And we went to his party that my family was invited to. Right. And she was, she drowned in a hot tub. Like we <gasps> were like, he had a pool in his backyard. Like I said, we were very privileged. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, and she, she drowned in a hot tub. So like the drain in the yeah. hot tub, like pulled her down and How they couldn't she? pull her back up. She was seven. <gasps> Holy fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was fucking. Like freak accident. Freak accident. Freak accident. Yeah. I am so fucking sorry. That's some bullshit. Yeah, it is. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where you look at it, you go, oh my God. Like that was something where. I was ready to like start my life. I was ready to fucking yeah. go out. I was, you know, my parents had gotten divorced that year um, or separated. My sister died. I had to put college off for another six months. I was like, I stayed home for six months. Right. And that was also when I realized my dad had a girlfriend because he brought her to the funeral. No, he did not. Yes. This oh, wait, is, first of all, dad, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. And- this is also one of those things where people say like, oh yeah, just forgive your parents. Just forgive them. And I'm like, yeah, but there should be like a list that I should give you. You know what I mean? I'm like- Can I at least send an email of all the like, things I hate about yeah, you? Can I just send you a list and then just see if you still feel the same about forgiving? Yeah. And I know that I should because it's like that, that is something that you need to move forward from as, as an adult. Like you, you have to, but it's like, I can't possibly wrap my mind around why my, why my dad thought that was okay. Right. You know, and, and if, if I could understand where he was coming and I do know that he was grieving the loss of his child and that's as close as I can get to understanding why he did what he did. Right. Because I'm like, I know that I was so confused at that time and I was really in a fog and I think that was the loss of my sibling, but he, he lost his daughter. Right. And I'm like, yeah, he was he had lost his wife. He had lost his daughter. He was living in an apartment by himself. He needed just some sort I of think, companion. Yes. And I look at it that way and I can have some compassion for him from that perspective. So I, I do try with that. 
You know what I mean? I hear you. Um, I mean, you know, I have girlfriends who have terrible relationships with their dad and I say, and I, and now I hear you yeah, yeah. being like, well, you can't just get over it. And I get it. But I'm like, if you don't at least tell them how you feel or what's fucked up, right? you sit here on this couch and you bitch to me all day long about the things you don't like about your dad. But have you told him these things? Yeah. Communi- yeah. Communication is key here. Yeah. You know, exactly. At least send him an email. Yeah. I would say send him an email. Yeah. If he doesn't fucking respond, then you know, then right. you have your answer. Right. But if you don't actually make the effort to, to emote and tell him how you feel, yeah. then what the fuck good are we doing here? Right. And then there's sometimes when, when you can't, even if you can't, if you're, if your dad is like not a communicator and you can't, and you know, he's not going to hear you, how do you make peace with that on your own? Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I will say this about my dad, everything funny about me came from him. Right. <laughs> every, every, every fucking fucked up thing looking cranny came from your came dad. Came from my dad. And he's the reason why I'm funny. I have his sense of humor. He's, he's mean and he's funny. Right. And that's, you know, I'm like, that's how we get along. Yeah. Comes full circle. <laughs> I always say that people who take the time to leave Yelp reviews for restaurants. Yeah. I feel like it starts off you know, I had a reservation at 7.30. Wasn't seated till 7.45. You know, my appetizer was cold. Uh, I didn't like the the waiter's tone. And then da, 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 da. Also, I hate my father. Like every right. single Yelp review just at the end. She's just, be just like, like my dad. Yeah, yeah. I have daddy issues. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's I literally it. said to a man last week who I'm like trying to, well, who I am nailing. Uh, I sent him a text being like, if you think that your emotional distance is going to push me away. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have had a distant father my whole life and I've trained my whole fucking life for this. So you're going down. You're literally going down. Yeah. And honestly, it worked. I I totally worked. My mom grew up in a very hard knock, uh, Boston family, very, very poor, like very sad situation. And so my entire life, I was never coddled. I was always encouraged, but I just grew up with a mom who was like, figure it out. Like you got it. Yeah. Um, But just my family is Every single person comes with their A game all the time, right? Yeah. So it was just, I mean, you have to have thick skin in my family. Yeah. And a girlfriend of mine was like, your mom's mean. I was like, no, the fuck she's not. No. If she, this is why I do comedy. Yeah. Because nobody in my family, my, do you understand the, the life my mom had growing up? Yeah. Nobody held her hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, my mom's the only person who keeps it honest with me. Yeah. You know? You're like, you don't understand. You don't Roasting get it. is it's her love language. Literally, that's my entire family. Yeah, it's just different. You realize you're, you were brought up a little bit differently. Yeah. And I mean, we were the kind of people, we'd go to restaurants and other people would look at us and say, like, can they be a little bit more quiet? Because we're just having the time of our life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes it got mean, but it was mo- 99% oh of the time joyful. Never in my life did I ever go to a restaurant with my family where I didn't leave mortified. Oh, 100%. <laughs> And my dad would be like, fuck it. We're having the time of our lives. Yeah. Are you guys having this much fun? Yeah. My dad called us a nuclear family because he was like, if we just, that was it. The four of us. We didn't yeah. have a lot of extended family. We don't talk to a lot of them. It was just the four of us. Yeah. I think that's why I went after my dad. Dad, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It is the, the, it has changed. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know why I went on that team. I love that. It's just, yeah, it's hard when you, when you were raised a certain way with people being so brutally honest mm-hmm. and then you, go, you hang out with other people where everything's been sugarcoated and you're like, how the fuck did you live like this? Right. Exactly. I don't, I like quiet people make me nervous. Happy people. I don't trust. Uh, right. Like just genuinely happy without a care in the world that I don't, there's something about them that I, I'm just like, I don't find you trustworthy, but like <laughs> right. I'm working on that in myself right. and with Peter, with in Peter, Brooklyn with Peter in Brooklyn and he's doing a great job with me, uh, you know, when I can afford him and, uh, (laughs) I owe him $500. I'm sorry, Peter. 
but yeah, you know, it's like you work through all this shit. Like you get, I think there's tools available to people, right? There's so many tools available to people and we definitely tend to, uh, actually one of my absolutely nots is people that refuse to follow through on a solution when they know what the solution is and they stay in the problem because they just fucking get off on it. Yes. Oh, 100%. If you're not willing to take action steps. Yeah. Your self-pity is- I can't. Disgusting. Disgusting. (laughs) That was the biggest thing too. My mom, she is so funny and really lets a lot of like heavy shit that happened to her growing up just slide off her back. Yeah. And I sometimes I'm like, mom, how can you like forgive that person? She's like, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. All right. My dad was a raging alcoholic who, you know, I had, a, my mom left us when we were, you know, 12. I had to raise all my siblings. What, what am I going to do? I don't harbor any resentment. Yeah. And so I have, I'm so forgiving of people where I'm like, oh, you just burnt my house down. You know what? You're having a bad day. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Because I'm just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right. So I live in a weird space where I oftentimes get burned because I'm so like, you know what? I'm empathetic. I get why you're feeling that way. Yeah. And I've only recently, after my dad passed, did I start putting my foot down and I was like, you know what? No. Yeah. You've been doing this fucked up. Yeah. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. It's weird. I'm like stepping into my power now. It's great. Yeah. It feels so fucking good. It does feel good. I just broke, like during my breakup, I said to this, I said to this guy, I was like, you know what? I was like, this is something that this is my problem is I'll, I'll want to change something about someone and I'll stay just waiting for them to change. Right. And I, and I just build up resentment and I just, and I, and I, put my life on hold and right. I, and I allow their inability or unwillingness to change to affect my life. Right. And then I, and then I fucking hate them for it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like, you literally just crossed my boundary. I let you cross it. And now uh-huh. I hate you. You know what I mean? And Tony's like, I, I can't change the fact that I'm Greek. And you're yeah. like, I thought I I'm could like, will it. Well, listen, <laughs> if you can't change it, right. I gotta leave. I gotta yeah. leave. No, literally I, <laughs> I said to my ex, I was like, there's things about you that you can't or that you're not going to change and that I'm not willing to accept. And I think we should break up before we hate each other. And it was the first- Very mature and responsible. That was literally how we broke up. And it was like, you know, it was brutal. Mm -hmm. I would almost rather he fucking throw me through a refrigerator or something so I could hate him. But like, that was like my first grown up breakup. Every single guy that I dated before Jeff, I knew I was like, oh, this isn't going to last. I don't really like you. And this is like, I I was never like in love. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh God, you know, I'm tolerating you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But I de- 100% know that this, there's nothing, it's not going anywhere. Do you find that you're, that you've been too much for the men that you're around? Like I find that like I- am- One, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and that's why only, as we talked about before, only like strong black dudes hit on me. Yeah. Because white guys don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Truly. Literally. And I, I mean that, I say that wholeheartedly. It's a very specific type of white guy that would hit on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Jeff and I started dating, one of his black buddies came up and he was like, like, dude, great. Love Heather. Love Heather. And Jeff's like, I don't get the same response. Not yeah. like that his friends don't love me, but he's like, my other friends who are white don't try and hit on you. I was like, cause they don't know what to do with me. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I hope that didn't sound fucked up. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, listen, I date mostly, uh, like the black guys that I've dated are pretty much like soft-spoken kind of nerds. Okay. Who like love anime and, um, it's a problem. And I, (laughs) I got to fix it and I, (laughs) I don't know what to do, but that is, I do tend to date regardless of race, 
like a brooding type. Okay. And I have to, I, I got to figure out what the fuck that is, you know, because I've dated guys that are out as outgoing and, and joyful as I am. And I don't and you trust kill them. them. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't trust this guy. I don't know what it is. It's like, if they're not my opposite energy, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Jeff is fully my opposite energy, but yeah. he has such a um, silly sense of humor. Like we mm-hmm. giggled together. It's yeah. different. I was yeah. like, oh, you get it. Yeah. You get it. Like you get my sense of humor. Right. I've said it before. I've said it on stage. I It never goes well, but I think that date, it feels like dating a white guy after dating black guys. It's it almost feels like they're gay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get to hear that. I'm so sorry if you're a white guy listening to this. I know that hurts your feelings. Um, but yeah. Because the energy and the confidence that black guys have, black mm-hmm. women too, all my black girlfriends, it's, yeah. it's a level of confidence that I'm like, that's what everybody fucking needs. And when you're used to somebody feeling, and that's the thing when I met Jeff, Jeff was just so secure in who he was and was like, no, I'm fucking great. Yeah. You and should be with me because I'm really great. That's really what it is. It's like, regardless of what, it doesn't matter, but like if you're confident, that's what Because white confident guys are end up being some guy named like Chaz, you know? Right. Chaz is confident, but he's actually the most insecure person you've ever met in your life and he holds himself at night and cries. But if he was like a really confident guy, he right. would be just as attractive to me as anybody else. Right. You know? But he usually ends up being a dick. Yeah. So we just um, discussed race wars. <laughs> we surely did. We discussed Me Too, race wars, Bohemian Grove. What the fuck else? Family trauma. Family trauma. I mean, two, what? But here's the thing. When two lady comics get together, it gets super dark and sad. I mean, and two Pisces. Forget it. For I mean, I hope everybody's crying. <laughs> I hope you're all crying. <laughs> it's really refreshing, though, to be able to just like say whatever. You know, it really it is. is. It's really nice. It's so great. So, Rosebud, tell everybody where they can find you, what you're up to. OK, so I have these gigs that I would really love for people to show up to. And you can go to my website uh, rosebudbaker.com and get all my info off there and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rosebudbaker. And if you see just a little nugget, gorgeous little blonde Nicole Kidman type in a <laughs> daisy dress hitting that vape hard around the Gramercy area, that's my girl, Rosebud Baker. <laughs> that's her. I love it. Also, right before I let you go, any um, advice that you have for me going on tour? Oh, fucking hydrate. Okay. Like a motherfucker. Okay. Hydrate, and I know you're gonna party like after the shows. I, I really can't, but because, like, don't okay. if you can if you can help it. Yeah. don't try to get to bed at a regular hour. Okay, because I I mean I listen. I always say I'm gonna do this shit on tour, and I never fucking do. The eating is gonna go out the window. It just like does. Right, but the two things that you can pretty easily control on tour is sleeping and hydrating. All right, and working I can out. do that. Yeah, yeah, and um you know, pack as little as possible and right. just like buy shit. I love buying shit on the road. I'll buy shit and then ship it back to my place before I leave the city. So smart. It's, it's much easier. And then easier. you, you get back to your house and you have presents. Right. Yeah. I love presents. Yeah. <laughs> I love presents. I do. I, I'm, I'm not a good, I like giving, but I, now that like, you know, people send me free shit all the time. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. Rosebud came to my apartment. She's like, oh wow, you've got like cool stuff in here. I was like, because that's how, that's what happens. The only reason I want to be famous yeah. or have even a successful career is for the free shit. Yes. It's great. Once you start getting it, you're like, I'm not paying for anything. Your espresso maker (laughs) is what I'm going to think about when I can't come. (laughs) 
<laughs> literally it, legit it's matte black breville like real deal oh my god it's gorgeous yeah that's why that's yeah. i'll never stop this i don't care how much i sell out just send me free shit yeah even if it's like free staplers I'll oh take my them. god same same i gotta get brand deals on fucking instagram i got you um, all right girl i'll let you get out of here thank Y'all you for follow having Rosebud me baker she's so smart she's so funny you'll see her in the clubs but follow her go see her out on tour i mean truly you're just i think you're just really ahead of your time and I just enjoy your energy and I think you're fantastic. And I'm glad we're neighbors. Yeah, me too. All right, y'all. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. 